Hey everyone, Kate Ivey here, your host of the Dedicate podcast. A massive welcome and thank you so much for being here. Today I'm chatting to our new Dedicate pelvic health physio, Celia Warnig. Celia lives in Nelson, New Zealand with her hubby and is expecting her first baby. We discuss all things pelvic health for pregnancy, postpartum and even menopause and delve into sex during pregnancy and postpartum. Celia forgot to say, so she wanted me to tell you, if you're having pain or discomfort during sex that doesn't resolve in a short period of time, then get help. Celia has recently suffered from depression, so she shares that experience with us and everything she has learned from it. So there's some life story and challenges combined with some learning. If you're like me and don't plan to be pregnant or postpartum again, you'll still love this episode. Season 5 of the Dedicate podcast and Workout for Mental Health is proudly sponsored by Rabobank. Rabobank is a specialist savings and agribusiness bank. 100% of savings deposits are used to help fund New Zealand farmers and growers to produce delicious, nourishing food for us all. Thanks to their cooperative origins, Rabobank has a rich history of community engagement and now, thanks to Rabo Community Fund, they can make an even bigger impact in the communities where their clients live. Through Rabobank, you can be part of something truly productive. Let's grow a better New Zealand together. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How's your day going so far? Great. Yeah, just work I've had... Um, one of my friends who does floral art, she um, brought over an, this awesome floral paste she made for me when I took over Elevate Physio. And she's oh, just awesome. Like, it looks so nice. Oh, yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. How is it all going in the new location? Uh, really good. Yeah, we've got an awesome setup here um, and so nice having everyone around. Yeah. yeah so, so nice having like more of a team. So this week on Monday, I had like both my physios and the um, woman that's doing some admin for me. And so there was like all of us here and it was about like oh, this cool little team. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. So you have two pelvic health physios that work for you. So there's yes. three of you all together. There's three of us, yep. So awesome. they both do, um, one of them does one day and one of them does two half days. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's great. Like it's it's a nice mix and both of them are just coming back to work after having their first baby as well. So yeah. Oh, perfect. So the beauty of that is they actually have been through the experience themselves now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, they um they really sort of understand that a lot more from from their point of view too. But yeah. also just yeah, that's sort of what sparked their interest in it. So they've previously worked in other areas of physio and then being pregnant and have a baby, they're oh, like, Oh, I see. this is interesting. I want to know more about this now. So Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so they've gone and done their um like intro training courses. Yeah. And then um I'm sort of supervising and training them um ah. in the clinic as well. So oh, working, I'm sort of with them either with the patient or um yeah, they can sort of check in with me with how things are going, making sure they're doing the right right things. Oh great. Way. Oh, that must yeah. be um a great experience for you as well, sharing your knowledge and seeing them be so passionate yeah. about a topic that you're so passionate about too yeah and it's so fun like they get really excited like um they're coming in and seeing like different different conditions and yeah just getting really excited about treating people and um yeah about sort of seeing the changes that they're able to make too so I think yeah. they're they're loving it which is so nice and I'm really glad because I want them to stay <laughs> yeah I bet I yeah. bet I bet and so what are the main sort of conditions that you see 
Um, it's a really big range. So uh, like a, a, the longer I've been in public health, I think the more people are referring more like complex conditions as well. So initially when I started out, I saw a lot of people that had um, like bladder control issues. So coughing and sneezing or leaking with sport or jumping on the tramp with their kids. Um, or So that would be stress incontinence and then urgency, which is like, oh, I'm desperate. I have to finish my, like pause the conversation, run yeah. off to, to find a toilet, worrying mm-hmm. you're kind of going to wet yourself. Yeah. And then the longer I've gone on, the more other things I'm seeing, more like complex pelvic pain. So pain with sex, um, pelvic pain and pregnancy and postnatal that might persist for quite a long time as well, rather than just resolving um, also pain with periods and like a lot of people with endometriosis. So not really around anything to do with being pregnant or postnatal, just they might've had pain with their periods since they started having periods and they're having, you know, days off school, days off work. It's sort of this huge impact on their, on their life mm. and what they're able to participate in and how much they have to miss out. Um, so that's been yeah really awesome to do more work with that group as well um so that's probably the 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 main ones is like around pregnancy postpartum changes in that which might be bladder changes bowel control constipation and prolapse as well um and then also all of those conditions but at other stages of life so menopause is another time that I really commonly people come in and they're like oh I've suddenly got these symptoms but um they might have been there in the background for a while but sort of becoming worse with menopausal changes sort of unmasking things quite quickly okay so that's quite common really really common yeah so it's sort of like if things changing so rapidly in your body um mm-hmm. you know because you know everyone changes with aging yeah. <laughs> as you age with muscles getting a little bit weaker and um you know, just might be changing your lifestyle with what you're doing. Sometimes people going, oh, getting into menopause, I feel like I'm losing a bit of fitness or putting on a little bit of like tummy weight. I want to get into exercise. So they suddenly start doing a whole lot of different intensity exercise than they maybe have been used to and not sort of building in in a more... I um, see. So it's way. kind of like a, it's not directly because of menopause. It's how mm-hmm. people react when they go through menopause and they sort yeah. of freak out potentially and... And then they want to stop exercising because they go, oh, no, now I've got all these symptoms and um, the exercise caused it, which it usually hasn't. It's usually that they they were kind of on the edge of getting these symptoms anyway, but they feel like they've done something to to cause them. And it's never their fault. It's Mm -hmm. just something that was going to gradually change with time. It's like getting arthritis in your knees or something. You know, you don't wake up one day and you're like, oh no, my knees hurt. It was perfect yesterday and today I've suddenly can't walk. Yeah. Yeah, Although it does feel like that sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, sometimes, yeah. (laughs) um, And so is that... um, the people that are having issues in with menopause, is that because of childbirth or is that just? It can be. Um, so sometimes <laughs> it is people that have, you know, had, you know, they've had four babies and didn't have any problems at the time, but then around menopause, they're going, oh, I'm suddenly starting to feel this heaviness, this pressure, this discomfort feeling around my vagina. And then they might go and see their GP who notices they have a prolapse um you know but it wasn't something that they were aware of mm-hmm. when they were younger but it's always harder when you know if you're 20 30 years after having your babies we're going like well we know pregnancy and childbirth 
um, especially if vaginal delivery is a higher risk factor for those things. But I also see people that haven't had any pregnancies or vaginal deliveries and can still develop these symptoms because yeah. part of it is um, just the aging process and, and the change in your, your hormones that mm. do mean that there's less support, not just in your pelvic floor and your vagina. These changes happen everywhere yeah. in your body. And like your pelvic might... floors are just another muscle of the body and all the muscles are yeah. aren't working as well, especially if you don't use them. Totally, um, yeah. yeah. So people, it just depends like some people you know, develop those symptoms and others don't. But, you know, it is something that women are higher risk for um, developing prolapse because we have vaginas and men don't have vaginas. And same for bladder issues because our urethras are very short. So they need good support from the pelvic floor muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is quite common, even in women that haven't had kids, even younger women, you know, with athletes, there's about depending on the sport 30 to 80 percent of women who will leak during activity and exercise um but no one talks about it because they Mm -hmm. kind of all feel like it's this old woman problem yeah Um, but it actually is really can be a big impact on how you participate in your sport or the level that you get to because if you're worried about you know leaking when you're running along playing hockey or soccer or something like that then it can make you hold back a little bit with what you're doing mm. um and be quite embarrassing and feel quite like you you must be the only person in the world that has this problem yeah um yeah. and I can 100% relate to that when I play basketball that's an issue for yeah. me um yeah. and so you're going to do some more core connects so up on dedicate we have six um postnatal core connect sessions and then Celia is going to be doing one a month and we're going to look at those sort of topics so I'm super excited for one that's Mm. for people that um, are wanting to play high impact sport but are having some challenges Mm. definitely yeah because that's something that I do see a lot of and there's you know there's lots of um, you know stuff out there on the internet but it can be really hard to find what's right for you Mm. and often I find it's sort of targeted quite easy level and there's not that progression of how do you then get back to playing sport yeah because it's a some... lot of yeah impact. yeah so and so many other things you need to be mindful of as well and that's why it's so good to use you know like all of the resources so like all the other things that you guys have mm. on dedicate you know with your sculpt sessions and your hit sessions and the the running training and like building through all of those processes it's not like okay we lie down on the floor and we do some ab work and we do some pelvic floor and then after x number of weeks you can just go back to sport yeah <laughs> you know you need to go through all those stages yeah yeah and it's it's no different to if you you know pulled a hammy and you need to go and do some rehab mm-hmm. with the physio and build yourself back up like yes you do some hamstring strength but you also would be working on your other leg and your core and your glute strength and building up through an impact program to make sure that you don't just kind of go, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm just going to go back out and start sprinting on on the um, for your games. You yeah. need to be able to build that up through the whole body so everything's ready. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just at risk of injuring something else or yeah. it not being ready and you're getting symptoms. So you kind of like, oh, I feel like I'm ready to go for a run now after having your baby or, um, you know, yeah. if you've had a surgery or something, you're building back into it. But then if you start having leaking or any other symptoms, you could be quite easily put off because um, mm. it's not a nice thing to have to, to deal with. Um, no, it's awkward. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And um, one more question on this, and then we're going to get into um, you and your yeah. your challenges, because as yeah. we know, that's what our podcast is all about. And then we're going to go back to a topic that I think everyone's going to find really interesting. So another question yeah. I had was around, um, do you see other injuries in the body? So like back injuries, for example, mm. that are a direct um, relation to a weak pelvic floor or overactive pelvic floor? Yeah, so it's, that's a really good question because I do see a lot of people and often that like because I see I'm a pelvic health physio, people don't generally come to me with their sore back. Mm. And usually if it is just a back injury, I'll be like, right, go see <laughs> these other amazing physios that I refer to. Um, but really commonly it's, it's linked. So often I'll be seeing people and I'll, I'll always ask, you know, like what else is going on in, in the body? Are, you know, are you having any pain anywhere else mm. or any other injuries that you're currently managing? And when you have pelvic floor issues, if your pelvic floor is not functioning normally or at the level it needs to for what you're wanting to do, whether that's, you know, jumping on the tramp with your kids or um, playing some social basketball or, you know, elite level mm. athlete if that's not working well, something else compensates. So usually with the pelvic floor, it's part of your core group. So you've got your abs, your pelvic floor, your deep um, back muscles, your multifidus and your diaphragm. So if the pelvic floor is not functioning, normally if it's too weak or if it's too tight or if it's just not quite effective enough for what you need it to do, then other things often kick in to try and compensate. Mm. And our bodies are pretty amazing at, just compensating for mm. things but after a certain point they start to become overloaded like, yeah which usually much. means yeah you are going to start to get sore or tight mm -hmm. or not be able to move in the normal pattern which means that's going to overload something else yeah so and that's just kind of this domino effect day eh? yeah yeah. Um, because I'm wondering about my back I need to um, get an, an appointment with you because I'm actually thinking that my back so I've got discs that are too close together mm. um but I find if I relax my pelvic floor and stop tensing so much, my back doesn't hurt so much. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's this amazing thing. I eh? like, you kind of often don't realize what your body's doing to compensate mm. until you, you know, play around with it. And for some people it's, we need to strengthen the pelvic floor, but for other people they actually need to relax and lengthen it. And we need to build more, you know, strength through range. Cause if your muscles are a little bit tight then they can't work effectively mm. either. They can't absorb force when you jump and land. So they can't actively support the yeah. urethra and the bladder. So, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you're leaking and you're like, oh, it must be because I'm weak, but actually it's because you're a little bit too tight. So that's mm. often where people, if they've, you know, Googled how to do pelvic floor exercises and you're looking at a general program online, you might try and do it and go, oh, it's not doing anything for me. Yeah. Or like you said the other night, it's made it yeah. worse because if they're really yeah. tight and then they're doing even more things to strengthen it. Yeah. Or tighten it. Then that yeah. vicious cycle. And you know, a lot of people do that and they think they're doing the right thing. And it's hard if you spend all that time and energy mm. um doing something that isn't getting you anywhere or mm. potentially just perpetuating that same problem. That makes sense. We have our workout for mental health challenge happening at the moment. So it is really good timing, thank you, that you're going to talk to us about a massive thing that you've experienced in, in your life. Um, so everyone we speak to has had challenges. You know, it's part of being human. Yes. Um, and, yeah, you're going to share your biggest one with us today? Yes, yeah. So, yeah, that's very good timing with Mental Health Week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so my my experiences in the last few years is I've been dealing with managing depression, um, which I'm in a really good place with now, which is awesome. So I just feel like me, which is really cool. Mm. Um, but it all started a few years ago and it took me quite a long time to realize what was going on. Like I've never prior to that um I think I probably had had some issues but just wasn't aware of it Mm -hmm. and but I I never really had any problems with my mental health like I knew people that had but um wasn't something that I sort of associated with for myself um and for me it was kind of there was just this accumulation of a few things that happened in a really short time period that you know I felt like I was coping I was coping I was coping and then all of a sudden I was like I'm not coping mm. well. Um, I was just a mess. I was, you know, just going to work and doing my job, but that was basically it. I wasn't feeling like I wanted to go and see my friends. I didn't want to go um, bike riding. I didn't want to socialize, like all of the things that I normally love doing. I mm-hmm. just had no energy to do and no desire to do either I felt like if I went and hung out with my friends I wouldn't be like fun anymore and I would Mm -hmm. be just like this you know killjoy that's there (laughs) and withdrawn Um, do you feel like quite quite withdrawn did you find yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely um so I was yeah really lucky I had great GP um that I went and saw who was like okay I think we need to look at um getting you sleeping a bit better because my yes. sleep was terrible sleep I think it just a lot of the time it's because of lack of sleep oh, like that's was, what does it yeah isn't it, it? Was horrific yeah. yeah so I had I think about four nights she gave me some sleeping pills to kind of be like okay we're just going to reset your sleep mm-hmm. and then come back and then we can have a talk about it because I was mm. just like Utterly, utterly exhausted yeah. um and so yeah. sorry first of all what were the things yeah. that all that happened oh, yeah so um, so I'd had a colleague who'd committed suicide and then my mum had breast cancer, um, which was, you know, like if you're going to have breast cancer, probably one of the best ones to have, cause it was well-managed and contained and picked up really early on a membrane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went away for a family trip to Canada cause, um, my mum's Canadian. So we were over mm-hmm. there visiting the family which was awesome for this family reunion but it was you know like it's a situa and um it was you know she just had this diagnosis and um and then came back and another colleague had passed away from um uterine cancer so it was just all these things like in the space of I think like a couple of months um that's awful yeah, just felt like quite overwhelming. And at yeah. the time, like it was kind of like, you know, my colleague that had passed away, I didn't really feel like I could really pay much attention to that because I was like, I've got to be like, you know, supportive for mom. And yeah. then, you know, that was happening. And then I kind of came back and I, the, the funeral had already happened for my, for my other colleague. And it was kind of, you know, the whole workplace, everyone was in this sort of mm. grief. Stage. Whereabouts were you working? Was that was back in Nelson or this in Adelaide? Yeah, this was in Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Um. So kind of everyone was going through that as well, mm. which is you know everyone deals with it in a different way. So my strategies is to just keep myself as busy as possible so that I didn't have to think about yeah. it. 
um which you know it doesn't really work very well yeah <laughs> so eventually it, it gives way yeah, doesn't it it always catches up yeah mm. so it's kind of got to this point where I was just pretty manically running around trying to chase my tail like busy at work and I was working two jobs um at the time um and just sort of like my head was all over the place between the different ones and yeah trying to keep myself busy with like um with doing sport and activity but not really actually enjoying it anymore it was more just kind of like another thing to do like how much can I fit into my day so I don't actually have to stop and sit with my thoughts um yeah which yeah so So like not sleeping (laughs) oh man not sleeping and it's like I said before it's a sleep but then it's like what comes first you know it's the stress and stuff comes first which causes a not sleep which causes more and it's just this awful snowball yeah yeah um and so do you think that you were potentially had some challenges and then these extra things just became too much or do you think you had some depression and then the grief came on top of it or do you think the grief caused yeah, the depression? Yeah I think it's sort of come more like so so once I saw my GP um, and sort of like had a few nights of far better sleep after that I was like oh okay I feel much better now yeah. I can kind of figure out like a bit of a plan so I um, started seeing a psychologist at that point and sort of with her and the um GP so that they were kind of like okay well let's plan for um you know you're doing the psycho the psycho uh, working with a psychologist to start with and then if that's not getting you to where you want to be then we can look at um maybe some medication for the depression but sort of first line therapy is looking at active management for yourself so yep. I was kind of going I was like I just want you to fix me yeah you know? now <laughs> like, like right make now make me feel happy again but um, it, but it's it's not an exaggeration. It's consuming. Like it's so I've talked consuming. about this before. Yeah. I have the odd day here and there that is just not nice to deal with. Um, and it's one day you feel it's kind of crippled for a day. But every day, was it intense yeah. every day or does it come and go? Um, it was, I think, it's, it's actually quite hard to remember um, because I think like at the time, like I was a bit sleep deprived, but also just my brain was not um functioning at a normal level so I think for me like there were probably worse days than others and and definitely it was sort of dependent on what was happening on those days too like if I'd had a busier or more stressful day at work versus if I could do something that was a bit more fun like that that did help um but I wasn't really like noticing that pattern either because I was just too like overwhelmed with it all so I really needed someone just to kind of like sit me down and go like this is what you need to do this is our plan so that's what um, the psychologist was great for is kind of going okay like what do we need to do to make you happy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um so we literally were like writing lists of like okay what do I need to do I need to go for a walk with the dog I need mm-hmm. to go for a mountain bike I need to have date night with my partner you know like I, I need to do those things um because at that time like doing social stuff was making me feel really anxious mm. so it wasn't actually something that was going to make me feel it was going to make you worse if you did that at yeah the, at the time like it was something mm. I, I knew that I wanted to do but I at the time I just so didn't want to be around people which is sad because all my friends are amazing it is and, and then I also yeah. think about that and think how many people will be going through that and mm. thinking like in my own community when someone doesn't want to come and do something oh you think oh bugger or yeah. oh, I wish I wish they were more fun or something yeah. but actually they're yeah. going through something really major and yeah um yeah, totally. yeah they're struggling 
Yeah. And, you know, as soon as I you know, was able to the point where I could talk about it with my friends, like they were all so awesome and mm. like, oh, I'm so sorry that we didn't know and couldn't help you. But it, mm. it is something you do need to be able to help yourself. And I mm. think be ready to make those changes too. Because, mm-hmm. and, you know, like ideally, probably before <laughs> the level that I got to, yeah. like that would have been quite smart for me to actually do something about it earlier. Um, so can you look back and know when you could have done something and could have intervened and what you oh, could, have, probably, could have done? Probably months earlier, yeah. I think. It w- and it would have been probably going to the psychologist at that point. So I ended up going to the psychologist and working on sort of those strategies and and other things that were sort of um, overall like in my life that I needed to work on. So I kind of changed my job, just doing like the one um one job in public health that I really loved um, and, you know, trying to just make sure I had more downtime. So I was working four mm-hmm. days a week instead of five plus days a week um, and, you know, changing of those things. But I, I just wasn't really getting better. Like I was, I was definitely better, but I wasn't, I just didn't feel like my normal self. Yeah. And so after, I think it was about eight or nine months, um, we ended up going on some anti started antidepressants. And so like, eight or nine months is quite a long time. Yeah, it was it, quite like a long that's time. a really long time. And so you also had the so that was how long did you have between starting to get the onset of the depression before you saw someone, and then you had another nine months on top of that. Yeah, it's like a big chunk of your life. Yeah, so probably. Mm, I, yeah again timeline's really hard to remember yeah but probably a good three to six months before I was like yeah I really need to actually do something about this mm-hmm. rather than like oh things have been stressful you know like mm-hmm. initially you kind of like oh yeah it makes sense that I'm not feeling normal because all this stuff has happened yes. um you know but it, it'll get better with time but it's, mm-hmm. it's not the time it's what you actually do with that time mm-hmm. um and I wasn't doing the things that were actually helping me move on from it so mm-hmm. that's where like this the psychologist was great to kind of work through that process but I think for me like you said that was a really long time that I wasn't actually feeling good for um so I started some antidepressants which were to boost up my serotonin levels and Mm -hmm. literally within two or three days of taking them I was like I feel good I feel really good because it's quite interesting I took that strategy because um I um did a podcast with Helen our yoga instructor yeah and she talked about um going on medication and how the psychologist said to her before we deal with any of the stuff and before you can process and work through your challenges you need to feel good so the first thing she did was go on the medication yeah and I think it depends on like the levels and you know Mm -hmm. for the with the GP and the psychologist talking to each other it was kind of like that was a decision they made as a team that would be the best for you yeah yeah and talking to me about and I was like yeah I'm quite happy to like you know start with with therapy first because I was like I know I definitely needed to Mm -hmm. um but yeah and then like it was sort of like all of a sudden I was like I just like I'm just not getting where I need to go I feel like I need a help like a a help with this next step um so I was carrying on with my uh, psychology after that too um but yeah just that like immediate switch of like I just felt normal again like Mm. I felt like I had normal mood normal energy um but like recently I made like a little bit of a mistake and I just forgot to repeat my script okay and so I ran out of them for like five days and Mm almost straight away again I was like my moods changed like things Mm. have 
I've changed again in a negative direction. Yeah. Um, and so my GP and she was like, you know, <laughs> that yeah. we need to keep it even because the medication is supposed to be like consistent for like six to nine months and then um, be able to like, gradually ease off it <laughs> um, I say not all yeah. of a sudden completely come off not it cold because it's literally like a come down yeah yeah um <laughs> which like I knew but I was like oh I just was busy and I didn't feel like it was yeah and you thought oh I'll, I'll be right it'll be right yeah I'll be fine. yeah <laughs> yeah so I kind of had to start again with the six to nine months thing so that I'm on yeah. my like second round of, of that and yeah like when like I just feel completely normal um now and just still being mindful of the strategies that we did work on with the psychologist and making sure I have, you know, like that time that's, you know, downtime for me, the mm-hmm. things that I like to do, um, you know, which is the social stuff as well. Cause I'm you know, just feeling completely normal and, and I love yeah. doing that. I love yeah. hanging out with my friends and family and having catch-ups. And, as and well it's as- so important for people to remember that because we get so caught up in our, our busy lives and I'm the same. Um, yeah. And I do try and par- prioritize some things now. And sometimes it feels like I don't have time to prioritize, like, for example, golf in the summer. Yeah. Because it's like two hours. Um, yeah. You know, I don't have time, but then it's kind of like, actually, you don't have time not to. Yeah. Because- and that's it. It's kind of like when you're doing those things, you feel like everything else is just so much easier. You know, like, whereas if you're just busy working and you kind of like, you just feel like you're in this grind and everything's exhausting. Mm. But if you go out for like dinner with the friends or a hike somewhere together and you have like a catch up and, and a walk and you're just like, oh, everything feels fine now. It just feels like it's so much easier to get on with it. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Like the endorphins, um, you know. Because adulthood you is quite a shock, isn't it? You go yeah. from <laughs> spending yeah. most of your time with your friends yeah um, and then all of a sudden your friends are all scattered all over the country all over the world and you're not near mm. them you make new yeah. friends where you are but the friends that you know that really boost you and give you mm. lots of energy even if they yeah. don't live where you live um it's so much harder to see them yeah. and have that quality you, do. you time. have to like schedule it in now. yeah <laughs> like all the memes on facebook like let's catch up soon and then yeah exactly later <laughs> yeah 3 so p.m true. in 2024 at <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no totally and so what other strategies um yeah so the main ones for me like exercise is a really big one for me so i know that i need to prioritize that um in the week and i don't always get you know I'm not someone that's a very rigid schedule person I like to be flexible with it and how I feel on the day depends kind of the type of workout that I do mm-hmm. um so I like you know the shorter like um like more varied workouts that's why it's been great being um having access to the the dedicate ones like because yeah. they're so good because they change all the time and I always get really bored mm. if I do the same thing so um, having that variety is really key for me because it keeps it interesting and then I want to do it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. So many people go along, sorry, to like yeah. you might see a person trying to say it and they say, oh, here's a program for six weeks. And yeah. it's exactly the same for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and I've done that before and I just stop yeah. going to the gym. Like yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is boring. I don't want to do the same thing mm. over and over again. Yeah. So yeah, the variety is so good. Um, and I have a couple of friends that we um, try and go to the gym together at least once a week. Um, so we kind of like have a couple of days. It's just social as well. It's like double yeah. whammy. 
yeah yeah so we get to catch up at the same time and do a little gym session um and then like I'm training for spring challenge at the moment so um one of the girls I go to the gym with she's in my team um so we we try and go for like an adventure training adventure most weekends so that's really fun um and so how long to go till spring challenge oh only a few weeks so it's the first first of October where is it this year again Tiana. Oh, Tiana. Yeah. And it was, was it Geraldine last year? No. Where was it last year? Um, I can't Promo. remember. I didn't get to last year. It would, have been, it would have been up the top of the South Island. So they usually alternate I see. upper and lower part of the South yeah. Island. Um, yeah. So I'm so excited about that. It's going to yeah. be amazing in Tiana. Yeah. yeah. I've, you know, I've never been and I can't believe I haven't been there yet, but... <sighs> You have to go. Have you been? So cool. You've been? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I lived in Invercargill for a few years. Oh, so did, um, yeah. Been a bit of time up there. You would have. Yeah, so how long year. are you going for? Because it's quite a big trip from Nelson. Yeah. So um, I did the Spirited Women in Alexandra a, few, a couple of years ago, and we took two days to drive, and it was nowhere near enough. It was <laughs> really packed into the 10-minute interval slot with our timing. So we're going to take three days to literally drive down and yeah. back again, which will be really, really nice. So six days of driving yeah. and then plus being there. So you're away for quite a long yeah. time. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. a whole week off, so it'll yeah. be really nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So back to the depression, one big heavy yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Did you ever contemplate suicide yourself? I didn't. No, I think I was yeah lucky enough that my like I, I definitely had diagnosable depression but Mm -hmm. I I didn't get to the point where I was um contemplating that um I just like I knew that I needed help um and I was yeah lucky to have great support my husband's amazing with Mm -hmm. the whole thing and he was so good at being like you need to go out for a walk you need to go out for a bike ride um making me you know do the things that like I know that you know you you know when you know that you're going to feel better afterwards but at the time it's like the last thing that you possibly want to do mm-hmm. um so yeah I think like I was I was really lucky to have that that support around me yeah yeah and and that headspace and those feelings you're experiencing at the time can you understand how people do get to that point absolutely yeah and I think because he was such a big part of getting that help with me like I had someone with me the whole time whereas I think if I if I didn't have anyone that I could talk to about it, I think it would have been really, really different. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing. And so how long have you two been together? Um, I think 12 years now. Nice. And how'd you meet? Yeah. Oh, we met at uni. Yeah. So oh, cool. we're, we're both physios. Um, so yeah, I we met in my final year um, there and then he, he did another degree first. So he did anatomy and then physio. So he was just starting physio and I finished up. So we, sort of got together for a year at Dunedin and then did long distance for a couple of years and then moved to Aussie. Cool. And he's a rugby trainer or physio? Rugby rugby physio, physio. yeah. Yeah, So he works for the Marco. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so very exciting news for you and your husband. Is it husband or partner? Yeah, husband. husband. We got married last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do you want to tell us what that is? Yeah, so I'm currently 16 weeks pregnant. So that's been... Very exciting. A very exciting little adventure for us um all going well so far which is great um apparently the baby is the size of a dill pickle at the moment <laughs> oh my gosh I love the first pregnancy because you obsessively look at all the things about yeah. the baby yeah every I week remember, I'm like, how big is it what yes. vegetable <laughs> I used to let myself look two weeks ahead 
Yeah. Because you, 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 one day you'd have a weak moment. I'll just look at the next week to see what yeah. it is. I totally did that. And he's like, why are you looking ahead? You can't yeah. cheat. <laughs> and yeah. then, um, but then I'd refrain. So then you'd get to 17 weeks. Like, oh, yay, 17 weeks. So it means I can yeah. look at week 20 now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to not look ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. It's just the most exciting thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's been really fun starting to tell people as well, yeah. like seeing everyone's reactions. And yeah. yeah. So for my parents, it's their first grand. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So they're very excited. Yeah. Um, Whereabouts do they for, live? They're in Golden Bay. Yeah. So they won't yeah. be far from. No, no, yeah. I think there'll be there'll be lots of visits next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um his family's all down in Christchurch. So yeah. it's yeah, not too far away as well, which is really great. Yeah, that's good. So this is a good time to what we thought we'd delve into today. Yes. Is sex in pregnancy and sex postpartum. Yeah, yeah. Great topics. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they're not talked about much, are they? No, not not really much at all. And um, especially like I've noticed with now being pregnant, a lot of the stuff, because um, I did get all of that anyway, like with my, all my feeds are just covered with like pregnancy, postpartum, everything because of my yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. um, and I work with so many people that are pregnant and postnatal and teaching my Pilates classes, which are just pregnancy and postnatal. So we talk about a lot of the stuff and it's a really nice space for people to um, sort of ask those questions because you're in a group that, everyone is pregnant everyone's kind of having these concerns and it's you know when you're seeing people week after week you feel comfortable to ask those questions and I often bring it up and talk about it too but yeah it isn't something that people talk about and most of the time especially with pregnancy the the most common thing you hear is oh your sex drive goes up you know like Mm -hmm. that's such a common comment or sort of I guess one of those myths like oh you only get morning sickness till 12 weeks yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, <laughs> or only morning sickness in the morning which is yeah, definitely yeah. not the case I know why is it called that so yeah. weird um so it is one of those things like everyone is so different with it so I guess like if you break it down you've probably got three levels um your libido is either going to go up or it's going to go down or it's going to stay the same mm-hmm. you know so chances are things are going to change and there's so many things that change during pregnancy that can change your libido as well like Mm -hmm. if you've got morning sickness slash all day sickness and you're vomiting all the time Mm. what are the odds you're going to be keen on sex yeah (laughs) yeah you don't want to do anything but no eat eat hash browns or yeah (laughs) (laughs) totally or if you kind of you know really really fatigued you know some people especially that first trimester Mm, it's that time where you don't really necessarily look pregnant Mm -hmm. nothing outwardly is any different to anyone yeah. else but you might be like just exhausted and then kind of like you know I'm trying to like hide that I'm pregnant from my boss and but I'm like spewing in the toilet and like everyone's noticing that I'm eating macas for lunch like yeah. <laughs> so all of those things it might be like feel really obvious for you but other people might oh my gosh it feels so noticed. obvious it feels like you're cruising around with a big sign on your head saying I'm pregnant doesn't yeah, it? yeah. Going out for like after work drinks and you're like, oh, yes. get the soda water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you feel like it's really obvious, but those changes might not be noticeable to other people. And yeah. especially, I guess, with your partner, like sometimes for them, like it's, you know, doesn't always feel as real until you look a little bit more pregnant as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're the ones seeing you or hearing you spewing in the toilet a little bit. <laughs> yeah. more. Um, 
but yeah it's not often not a time where you feel real really sexy or really uh, yeah. into having a lot especially of like those last 10 weeks mm, yeah that's so like, you often sort of that start and end it's like a pregnancy sandwich of like mm. not really keen on having that much sex mm. at those stages but for other people it's something that they feel like the changes that are happening in their body it's really empowering for them mm. and the changes in their hormone levels are making their libido a lot higher than normal so mm. for some people they do have you know more interest or more drive for sex and other people it's completely the other way around because of the changes that are happening in your body but also all of those other changes which are so normal for sex anyway like Mm. even if you take away pregnancy if you're stressed or you're unwell or you're not Mm. sleeping normally or you've got pelvic pain or back pain you know like odds are you're not really going to feel like sex and then Mm. if all of those things are happening because you're pregnant even the all of those things on their own are enough to dampen your sex drive yeah totally I think what I found hard was um doing it even though you don't want to just because they have your other half Mm. has needs yeah especially yeah. postpartum and yeah. doing it even though it's still a bit sore down there and you're not ready mm. but just being like oh yeah yeah okay and just yeah, like and a lot of people get this do, over with yeah it's kind of like just pull off the band-aid <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which is, and just pretend to enjoy it yeah no yeah. but yeah, and it is that common one postnatal is like, you know, after you've seen, you might finish with your midwife and they're like, cool, let's get you sorted with contraception. And you go to the chemist and they give you a pack of 100 condoms and you're like, well, this is going to last forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How am I going to get through all of these? Uh, so, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, you know, like at what point do you feel like having sex after mm. having a baby? And it's so different for everyone. And so much of it depends on, how the birth went, how your recovery is going, how much your baby's sleeping. Because mm. if they're in the room with you and they're like crying every 30 minutes, you know, you're not going to be relaxed and kind of being able to switch out of like no. tuned into baby mode mm. and into like, oh yeah, really. And breastfeeding like- was a massive one for me because I was like, don't you freaking touch my boobs. They yeah. are <laughs> not a sexual thing right now. Like, no. and they weren't for a while, no. like. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing is you kind of when you have this other being on you, like essentially 24 seven. Yes, I found it really hard. I just want want space. Space. I don't want anyone else to touch me. I need my body back for me before you can kind of allow someone else. You've got a newborn and two kids running around who are constantly, this is an example, constantly on you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so much harder, like the more kids there are, because then your, your timings get much more difficult like yeah. you know you can't just be like oh the baby's having you know if your baby sleeps for two hour naps you know mm. you can kind of maybe do something else with that nap time but when you've got toddlers or other kids running around like they're not sleeping or they're not giving you any peace or they're banging on the door mm. not really what you feel like in no no, no it's not no and no. so what would your advice be for people that are struggling um So I guess if we kind of break it up into the two, so Mm -hmm. like with pregnancy, for some people, again, like you kind of, you know, we're mentioning as well, you do kind of do it sometimes for the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can happen again at other times of your relationship too, but it needs needs to be a bit of a trade-off 
Yeah. Um, so you need to be okay that that's happening. You should mm-hmm. never feel like you're forced into having sex if you don't want to have sex. Because mm-hmm. um, it's very reasonable to just be like, I actually just need to sleep. But yeah. sometimes also it's that thing where if you haven't had sex for a while, you kind of forget why you, you do. like it. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to, it's like, don't touch me. And then you do it. And then, and then you're like, like, oh, we oh, should yeah. do this more often. Oh, that's yeah, right. this was really good. Yeah. So sometimes it is that, like, if that's something that you have noticed is a bit of a pattern for you, it might be that you're not someone that's a big, like, initiator of sex. But if you start having sex, you actually really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Then that can work quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... It's a bit like you know, exercise reminding yourself how good you'll feel after yeah. you don't feel like doing it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. So down. you could be like, okay, partner, just keep reminding me how good sex is. You know, <laughs> you've got to really twist my arm here. <laughs> Um, but also with pregnancy it can get a little bit tricky because you're like oh well from 16 weeks you're not it's not recommended to be to to lie on your back anymore so you might have to start experimenting with a few more different positions and as your body shape's changing you might feel a bit self-conscious about some of those Mm -hmm. so you do want to feel like in a space where you can experiment too Mm -hmm. um but also depending on how you're feeling like if you've got back pain or pelvic pain you might need to be you know really supported in your positions or it might be that you just go you know what like let's just circle back to this after we have a baby you yeah know? like that's very okay to do mm-hmm. um and other things that people might find like if you've got constipation or hemorrhoids and you're like everything just hurts down there I don't want anything else coming near it you know yeah. like you know it's fine to have those those options you don't have to keep having sex you know you've already you've already got the baby there <laughs> yeah <good. laughs> um and, and the other one that some people have issues, especially towards the third trimester, is your swellings increasing, is vulval varicosity. So it's like varicose veins, but in your vulva. It could be really Ooh, sore and oh. really tender and really swollen. So the last thing you want going on down there is any mm. movement and friction. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got any of those symptoms or anything else that's bothering you, it's just good to have a chat with your husband and be like, hey, look, this is what I'm feeling like all the time you know yeah it's, it's just not good for me to do anything else at the moment so yeah you know and hopefully you've got a good supportive partner that mm. understands yeah and know that's not um everyone's situation either so if you are feeling pressured um it's really good to make sure you do reach out and talk to someone and maybe get some help with those strategies because that's really helpful for after you have the baby as well as you know being strong with those boundaries until you feel ready yeah yeah and um, so for postnatal, the the thing again, like I guess it's that myth of, oh, six weeks and she'll be right. <laughs> mm. And I remember a whole lot of men talking to my husband and I could hear about, oh, how long until yeah. you get sex yeah. again. Like, well, and and the embarrassment sometimes, you know, you people hear people talking about it, you know, like, you know, with, oh, things never feel the same again after you've had a baby. Or that, like, and that whole you know, saying, um, yeah. it's like, your favorite pub's burnt down you can rebuild yeah. it but it never be the same again I know and it's like this awful feeling that like birth just makes everything ruined down there mm. you know and like at the end of the day like average age for having a baby is about 31 okay mm. so for most of your sexual life men and women will be actively having sex with women that have had yeah kids, you know so if sex is ruined after 30, does that mean that what like guys never want to do it again? You yeah, know, like, yeah. I don't think so. No. Generally, they're just pretty happy to be able to 
yeah enjoy their part of it too yeah but for women it can be a, a like a really big psychological barrier because they're mm. so worried about what their partner is going to feel mm-hmm. rather than actually what's this going to feel like for me mm. you know um and so you know, oh, they've already waited six weeks and you're like well so yeah baby that's a massive thing mm-hmm. your body just isn't snap back and is amazingly ready for sex at six week mark mm-hmm. um you know and some people are some people you know like I was sort of saying with that changes in pregnancy and you're feeling like really amazing in your body is it's changing some people I know that before six weeks have felt really ready and really connected to their partner and felt really confident to go back and have sex at sort of four five weeks and it's been fine mm-hmm. for them you know and for other people it's four five months you know mm-hmm. a year you know it's when you feel ready yeah. is the best time to go back to having sex um having said that if you have had like an episiotomy or any tearing that's um, taken a, a bit of time to heal normally I recommend waiting at least 10 to 12 weeks because mm-hmm. that does actually take longer for the scar and the tissue to heal around um, where you've had that that injury so if you go back to sex earlier it often can be a bit uncomfortable but that's quite normal mm-hmm. but if you're not expecting it to because you kind of go oh it's six weeks like you oh, know, really? I should be able to I want to just kind of like tick this thing off to know that it's fine yeah but then you have sex and you go oh actually that hurts mm. then the next time you go back to sex you're kind of anticipating that it might be sore mm-hmm. and then because you're anticipating it it's probably going to be sore because you're worried about it and you're a bit apprehensive and if you're worried about something hurting yeah. you're probably not getting that normal level of arousal and mm-hmm. enjoyment so things are going to be not great and mm-hmm. um, so it can turn into this bit of a vicious cycle with um, this development of pain after people have had kids which can stem from there being you know some scar tissue there that's still healing it just wasn't quite ready um or sometimes it's just that psychological I'm so worried about this hurting or Mm -hmm. I'm worried about what it's going to be like for him and your body then tenses up to try and protect you because it can tell that you're worried yeah so that so tension in the muscles, which is sort of the opposite of what people think, because they're like, oh, I've had a baby and everything's all loose and <laughs> relaxed mm. down there. But your muscles, um, you know, they do a good job of protecting you. I remember trying to tense. Yeah. I, I remember trying to tense during mm. to be like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, we're all good here. We're all good yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. It's a good little chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so afterwards, you know, it's so different for everyone, and it's you know so down to so many things. Eh? like you said, like have you got is it your first baby? Is it your third? You know, how many other kids are running around the house? Mm. How much sleep have you had? Um, you know, all of those things add up, just like they would on any other time mm. to ha- what your libido might feel like on that day. Mm. Um, so it's trying to set yourself up that it goes well for when you're getting started. Because if it's going well, then it's going to keep going well, no matter how frequently or infrequently <laughs> that it's happening for you. Um, so making sure you're in a good place mentally that you kind of go, oh, I feel ready to give this a try now. Yeah. And then the other top tip is make sure you use plenty of lube the first few times. So that's a really great thing for um, if you are a little bit nervous just to help things go well. Mm-hmm. But also for a lot of people, if you are breastfeeding, as your estrogen levels are quite low to be able to feed 
mm-hmm. which almost puts your vagina in a little mini menopause, mm-hmm. which means it can be a little bit drier, which even if you are feeling aroused, you just don't get the same level of lubrication that you would. So yep. using plenty of lube to get started. Um, but if, for some people, the lube isn't enough on its own. So you can see your GP and get prescribed some estrogen cream, which is really easy to use. You just pop it into the vagina a couple of times a week. And that usually is enough to bring the vaginal levels of estrogen back to normal. And it doesn't affect your um, milk supply. So that's a oh, handy awesome. tip Great for tip. that needs that. Yeah, yeah. very useful. Thank you. So when we have, when we're pregnant, we have kids, um, you know, you said about how you're feeling about your body. I think confidence Mm. and your body changing and body image is a massive thing that women have to adjust to. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Do you see a lot of that with your clients? Yeah. Cause, and it's, and it's so different for everyone, isn't it? You know, cause some people it's, um, you know, more how their body's feeling, how strong you are, what you're able to do. And for others, it's more, you know, trying to get your tummy feeling like it's back um, to normal. But often it is, you know, your body changes after you've been pregnant and had a baby. And it doesn't mean it can't do what it used to do before, but it can take time to build back into that. And for some people, again, like how they're feeling about themselves, like we're talking about with mental health before is so linked to being able to get out and exercise. Mm -hmm. So boosting your endorphins with exercise can really help improve your mood in general and your sex drive. Mm. So exercising regularly is another thing that's really tricky to do with kids because it's, it's this whole new juggle of how do you adjust it and fit it into your life. But it's usually the thing that helps the most with improving your changes that your body's gone through with pregnancy. So the ab um, sort of stretch that happens, any pelvic floor changes that have happened, um, but also the postural changes. So often people kind of forget about the, the top half, but you know, when you're holding a baby, all the time, your shoulders, you're yeah. your shoulders and you kind of get this like rounded position. So even if you've got great core muscles, but you're standing all slouched all day, mm. it's not something that if you catch your reflection, you might, like even recognize yourself because you're used mm-hmm. to being this like upright strong person um but so that takes quite a, a while to kind of readjust and your body gets stronger and stronger as the baby gets bigger and you get more used to it but it does take time um mm. and if you're not feeling good in yourself that makes sense that you wouldn't be kind of feeling like attractive to someone else as well because mm-hmm. you have to feel good good for you for you before you're feeling good and ready to share that with and with exercise it's that um it's that feeling like I find if you know that you're doing things that make you feel good you know that you're doing that you're eating well and you're exercising Mm, totally it makes you feel confident in your body even if your body hasn't changed it's just totally yeah Yeah. it's that brain change isn't it Mm. it's amazing like and so many of those things go hand in hand either in a positive or a negative direction as well like it's often you know when you're exercising you feel more like the foods that are sort of that better fuel for your body whereas often when you're not exercising you're kind of like oh I want all of the treats Mm, (laughs) you know and then that tends to make your energy a bit lower and then Mm -hmm. sometimes depending on how many of them you're having you might feel a bit like oh I felt a bit guilty because I've had too many things and then that can kind of play on your mind a bit so it's sort of making sure you're 
doing what you need to do to feel good for you and sometimes that is a day of just eating biscuits but you know <laughs> yeah yeah I used to eat so many biscuits when I was breastfeeding yeah. Yeah, oh goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get into that. I usually make lactation cookies for all my friends. Oh so I'm yes. To, oh, how perfect! Yeah. They're so delicious. I always mm. make a batch for myself anyway. So, <laughs> so what do you put in them? Have you got um, a recipe so, you could share? We could put yeah, the re- recipe the, on the dedicate. Nadia, that would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, it's an Nadia Lim one. one. We probably yeah. can't copy it, but we could no, um, share we could it. Put the, share the link. Yeah. Yeah. So delicious, but um, I add. Add chocolate chips to it too, because you yeah. know, got to add some dark chocolate to it. But yeah. it's got um like fenugreek seeds, brewer's yeast, and um linseeds, but heaps and heaps of oats. So it's all the good carbs, yeah, um that you have in there and those other things to help to promote um breastfeeding, but also energy just levels. Sure you and... have enough fuel as well. Yeah, the, the right the right type of fuel. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's one of the biggest ones. Mm. Cool. And then what about advice for those going through challenges with their mental health? um I think yeah make sure you ask for help yeah it's such so important to have the right people to help you so if you're not getting the help from the first person you ask ask someone else Mm -hmm. who listens to you and make sure you find someone who you feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. like I see this a lot with patients that come in they're like oh I've been to a counselor or psychologist before but it didn't really work out you know like yeah I guess that's my concern not, but I guess you try mm-hmm. one and if they don't then you go okay this person's I'm not gelling with them yeah. I'll try someone else not absolutely. I give up yeah absolutely it's just like trying to find you know a GP that you trust or a personal trainer you know you kind of like oh I like the way this person communicates mm-hmm. so you can kind of feel like you can trust them to talk about yeah. the stuff you know and it's and it's, it's really hard you know so you want to feel like you're with someone who's going to listen to what you're saying and not just mm-hmm. be like oh you'll get better soon you know like <laughs> you don't yeah. want to feel dismissed by it um and then the other thing I'd say is make sure you do talk to your friends and family like it took me ages to feel comfortable to talk to people about it and then mm-hmm. after I did I was like why did I wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, it was just silly but you know you just you don't know these things yeah you're not thinking rationally no. and it's the first time you've been through something like that and yeah um yeah, you don't want to be a burden to others and you, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. When I've had bad patches like that, I kind of, like we were saying before, with pregnancy being obvious, you kind of feel like it's really obvious to your yeah, depression or people, your yeah. anxiety or whatever and it is that you're dealing really with. People get really good at pretending, don't they? You yeah. know, you can kind of like put on that, like everything's fine while you're going out and doing something but the energy it takes to do that it Mm -hmm. just it's exhausting so you know people don't know but it's the people that are close to you anyway so you know you should be you know sharing that with them Mm. because you know that if the shoe was on the other foot you'd want to know and you'd want to help them yeah exactly people want to help don't they that's the thing like you get a lot of satisfaction and pleasure out of helping helping others and especially helping people that are close to you yeah absolutely yeah so definitely yeah talk talk to everyone <laughs> yeah. get your help and we did yeah. go through this before but um advice to prevent the challenges the mental health challenges yeah I think it's a tricky one eh because it's it's sometimes like situational as well mm. like I think for me looking back like I've probably had other periods of my life where I have been low or um you know things going on and part of that as well which is what um the GP was 
was talking about and the psychologist is that um you know there is a genetic predisposition for some people Mm -hmm. as well so sometimes it is just something that's totally out of your control Mm -hmm. um so you know getting that help and whether that's medication or um mental health support with psychologists like whatever it is going to be for you whatever combo works um but also sometimes it is having you know those friends to be like let's go for a walk you know let's get outside let's get some vitamin d let's do something so you've got that whole support network there mm-hmm. and that's often what you know that's what's encouraged anyway isn't it you know mm-hmm. like for for normal life and those those prevention strategies is have those social connections be able to talk with people um about you know not just how's your day i was good you know like yeah. actually you know if you're having a crappy day being able to have someone that you can talk to about it that you know is going to listen to you have a bed and mm-hmm. be like oh that sucks and be supportive um and then kind of like be able to move on and problem solve with you or just be a listening ear mm-hmm. as well um because it's you someone need- you can connect back to if if you're fine after that it's still yeah. someone you can connect back to when or if those challenges arise again so it's kind of like totally. someone's in the loop with the whole process so it, breaks down those barriers and makes it easier to continue to talk to them about stuff yeah yeah so and I think you know if people know the things that they um that you know work well for them so you know like for me exercise is a really big part of managing my mental health so Mm -hmm, I know that I need to keep keep going with that so that's something like you know me and my partner have talked a lot about for postnatal because you know if you've had mental health issues before you are higher risk of developing postnatal depression so you know for me that's something I'm very aware of and wanting to put strategies in place to prevent that mm-hmm. um or at least if it does happen I'm going to pick it up hopefully you know early stage yeah um because yeah much rather be on to it early than to, mm. to do oh I'm sure it'll be better than last time <laughs> yeah well you've, you know yeah. you know the yeah. signs oh what was that big yeah. big sorry that was oh. my um my parking's run out <laughs> oh classic yeah. we're nearly yeah. done anyway um yeah. What about advice for those supporting loved ones or friends who are suffering? I've asked this question before with others because I find mm-hmm. it a big one with those ones that you know are struggling, but you're not too sure what to do. Yeah, it's really tough, eh? Because yeah. it's often that thing, you know, like I was saying before, like if until people are ready to talk about it, they they don't want to always mm. as well. So And the more you it, ask or the more they withdraw and the more your relationship yeah. feels strained. Yeah, so I think the best thing you can do and like the thing that helped for me was just having people that kept inviting me out to do stuff mm-hmm. and and a know, message like, saying, Hey, how are you? Hope, yep, yeah, yeah. And doesn't matter at all if you're gonna go for the thing or not, just being like, Hey, this is happening if you wanna come along. Yeah. But like no pressure because yeah. like I'm definitely someone that has really bad FOMO. So mm-hmm. if I don't get to stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm missing out on that. But yeah, like, yeah, even though so. if you're doing something else, that's also fun. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you want to do everything. Think, yeah, but I think also um, making sure, especially for the people that are like closely supporting you, that they have someone else to talk to about it because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And I know it was really hard for my husband as well because it was yeah like quite a long time Mm -hmm. so I think making sure if you are someone that's that support role that you also have someone to talk to about it Mm -hmm. um because that can be really tough yeah Yeah. thank you so much for sharing Celia that's okay um right some fun questions yes (laughs) to get you um wipe those tears away (laughs) and then we're done okay favorite dedicate workout 
Oh, um, I think the sculpts are my favorite because um, that ties in really well with the like mountain biking and running and stuff yeah. I do outside. So sometimes I'm just like, oh, don't have the energy for a hit. <laughs> yeah, you just want to yeah. build strength, which supports all your other yeah. activities yeah. you're doing. No impact on the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm really enjoying like I do that and then I might add like one of the five minute cores at the cool. end. Um, yeah. So that, that's been a really good combo. Awesome. What we're yeah. actually introducing very soon is dedicate minis. And ah, so there's nice. going to be five minute abs included in that. Yeah. Um, but then you might go, oh, yep, I feel like a five minute hit or a 10 minute hit or a 10 minute yoga yeah. or something afterwards. Yeah. 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 Because that's a nice fun to add in. Like the, the yoga has been really good. I haven't done as many of those as the as the sculpt, um, but I'm really bad at doing my stretches. I'm so. the same yoga is so good because I'm like I have to do it and I have to hold it for as long as they're telling me to as well yeah. as otherwise yeah. I'm like oh yeah that's enough yeah. <laughs> move on yeah. and I think hold on I'm just trying to work out so this launches in 10 days our pregnancy yoga might be up or just about up so that's very exciting oh, as well exciting yeah Yay. yeah they look so great yeah super yeah. exciting so um if yeah, I said if anyone's listening those that are listening well you <laughs> suck you're all listening <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, pregnancy yoga. So Celia has um, overseen that and our trainers have, our yoga trainers have all filmed three each. And then we'll be adding another three on when we bring another um, yoga instructor onto the team when Helen finishes up. So Helen's going to stay on the platform in the pregnancy yoga even when she leaves. Okay, hit or weights? Uh, Weights. Pilates or yoga? Pilates. Run or walk? run exercise in the morning or night Ooh, probably like I'm more like afternoon a, but yeah like <laughs> the day like I'm really loving the event the like sort of few hour adventures and stuff that we go on yeah I'm so that's like in the weekend like, yeah I'm definitely not like a 6am wake up workout yeah. kind of person yeah. much more likely to go after work so probably yeah. afternoon yeah cool. I um used to love I've loved all times of the day really but one time I find quite good it doesn't work with my schedule at the moment but is like a one one p.m or two p.m yeah and then it kind of I think they're like boost for that yeah 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 uh where are we burpees or jumping lunges jumping lunges blazer or leather jacket leather jacket sunglasses or a sun hat sunglasses Cocktail or champagne? Cocktail. Sunrise or sunset? Oh, I love sunrise, but I miss all of them. I'm such a sleepy person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd probably say sunset. I see more of them. <laughs> yeah, and you probably if someone said, oh, hey, tonight let's go and watch the sunset, or hey, let's get up in the morning and watch the sunrise, you'd be like, I'll sunset. never do that sunset. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Would you rather sing in front of a crowd or play an instrument in front of a crowd? Play an instrument. I so cannot can you, sing. But you can play an instrument. Yeah, I can play the piano. Not nice. for a while. I yeah. got a piano after lockdown um because I was like, right, if we're home again for a long time, I'm yeah. gonna relearn how to play. Good idea. And I Oh damn, we need a lock oh you we haven't had a lockdown though. No, no, I was like, oh you know, when I'm at home with the baby, oh, I'm gonna yeah. all this time. Oh yeah, yeah. you're just like, all this free time. Yeah. Oh, you'll yeah. just be playing the piano constantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, would you rather cook or do the dishes? Cook. Would you rather have 10 kids or no kids? I think no kids. 
same, 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 same. <laughs> I wonder what the number is that we'd change to the kids. I yeah. think maybe five. <laughs> I think I'd say, oh. yeah, I'd rather have five kids than no kids, but I'd rather have no kids than six kids. Six kids. Oh, yeah. Five or six think, around there. I think like three because once you get a four, like you have to get a van. Yeah. Know, like, but I'd still can't... rather have four than none. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I don't know about five. I don't know. I'll yeah. tell you maybe next year. Yeah. Um, and saying this, there are plenty of times when I want to go and do stuff and I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Netflix or neon? Netflix. Netball or hockey? Hockey. I thought so because before you said oh, if you want to get back to hockey or something, I said, yeah. I don't want to want to get back to hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've started playing hockey when I moved to Nelson. Um, it's so fun. Awesome. I haven't played for a couple of seasons, but yeah, just um, social level. And it's, yeah, I love it. Fun. It's so much fun. I'm a netballer. That's why I was just taking the piss out of hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> Jandals or sandals? Jandals. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. And last time, would you rather run out of toothpaste or run out of deodorant? Oh, de- uh, deodorant, yeah. I have to Love it. brush my teeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Celia. It's so awesome to have you on the team, be working with you, um, get to know you more um, over the last few weeks and also today. And then super excited for our weekend in Christchurch when we're doing some filming yes, um, in a few weeks. Yes. So, um, yeah, those flights are all booked. Yeah. So it's very exciting. exciting. Yeah, I just have to book the, book the accommodation and then we'll be good to go. Oh, that sounds fun. I'm so yeah. excited for that. We're going to get some U-tops shop a bump. Oh, yes, perfect. Yeah. And we'll go out for dinner. But, yeah, thank you so much. Have an amazing day. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're Sorry. big again. Sorry. Do we need to do that again? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, it's life. It's life. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Celia. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening and a massive thanks to Celia for sharing her story. If you would like pregnancy and postpartum workouts, head to Dedicate. Or for telehealth or in-person, Nelson, pelvic health physio, head to Celia's website. The link is in the show notes. You'll also find a six-part postnatal series by Celia on Dedicate with some more core connect sessions coming each month. Get started with your seven-day free trial at kateivyfitness.com. If you enjoyed this episode, ensure you haven't missed Ali Perriam, Losing My Partner to Suicide, My Own Mental Health Challenges and Will to Live, Mish Pavone, How the Postpartum Blues Led Me to My New Career, Claire Turnbull, I Once Hated Myself from Eating Disorders, to New Zealand's top nutritionist and Caitlin Hodges a crazy 10 years parents divorce teen mum whirlwind marriage mental health thanks again for listening catch you all next time